Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, where we share the Sermon of the Week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. Lord, we ask that you would uh, minister your wisdom to our hearts today, that you'd bring encouragement, Lord, that for those that have found a difficult place, a hard place, an uphill place, Lord, that you would give them perseverance and determination. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, the you uh, walked to school back in the day, barefoot, uphill, both ways, right? In the snow, all of that. You've heard the journey to heaven is not... The journey to heaven is not a sprint, right? The journey to heaven is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And, but if no one has ever told you before, that marathon is uphill. Have you figured that out yet? Uh, and so I want to take a minute and, and have you reminisce about, I don't know if you walk your neighborhood or you've ever taken a long walk or a hike, but you know, it looks pretty flat in your car when you're driving, but then when you get out and walk on, it's like, I never noticed that this was an incline right there, right? Have you ever experienced that? Well, you know, you may have given your life to the Lord and no one ever told you, but there's a slight incline. Oh, someone's making noise. Something's making noise. The air handler, can you all handle the, the wind not blowing on you for a second? Thank you. There we go. All right. So, uh, back to a non-distracted pastor on your hands now. <laughs> we know who Jonathan Edwards is. Jonathan Edwards is a, is a very famous preacher from back in the 1700s, and he says, the way to heaven, the way to heaven is ascending. We must be content to travel uphill Though it be hard and tiresome and contrary to the natural bias of our flesh. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury this morning, I want you to jot a few things down. And the first is this. Heaven is up. Heaven is uphill. Yes, Jesus will carry you at certain times when you're tired But the Christian journey is up. It's heavenward. And the scripture I'd like you to remember this morning is from Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. It says, I press onward toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me where? Upward, heavenward in Christ Jesus. Uphill is not easy, but do it anyway. You're going to get tired, but do it anyway. And people will try to drag you down. Yeah? <laughs> they do it anyway. And so I want to encourage you, because they are so pervasive, I want to encourage you not to give in to the reasons that the world constantly gives you. Ah, just quit. Just give up. See, we don't want to fail, do we? We don't want to look foolish. And so our pride, praise, says, well, that's impossible. And so we can actually rationalize our quitting by saying it's impossible to do. I'll try that again. We rationalize our quitting by making it too hard in our mind. Previous failures tell us, oh, it's too risky. Remember that one time you tried hard and it didn't work out? Human reason says it's pointless, but the heart of God, the Holy Spirit says, don't give up. 
Don't give up. Keep on going. Do it anyway. Don't quit. Persevere. That's the word of the morning, is perseverance. Now, are you familiar with, uh, I know Aaron is, he's a, a Green Bay Packer fan, the, 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 the Vince Lombardi trophy. Anybody know what the Vince Lombardi trophy is? There it is. It's the Super Bowl trophy. And why is it called the Super Bowl trophy? Why is it the Vince Lombardi trophy? Well, he was the first coach of the Chicago, excuse me, of the... Of the <laughs> Of the Green Bay Packers, he won five Super Bowls, and he won the first two of the Super Bowl. Super Bowl Super Bowl one, Super Bowl two. The trophy is named after this man, and he was famous for his "do not quit" attitude. One of his famous quotes says, "Once you learn to quit, it becomes a habit. And if you want to be successful in your Christian life, you can't be a quitter." And that means perseverance. Perseverance needs to become your best friend. I want you to underline something in your Bibles. It's in Romans chapter five, just the first couple of verses. Therefore, since you've been justified by faith, we have peace with God, right? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, though whom we have gained, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, not only so, verse 3, but we also rejoice in our uphill journeys. We rejoice in our uphillness. We rejoice in that. Why? Because we know that that uphill journey, that difficult thing, is going to produce something. It's going to produce perseverance. And when that perseverance develops its character, character hope. And this word perseverance means cheerful. Hopeful endurance. It's not a bite your bottom lip, grin and bear it, dig your heels in the ground. It's like, no, I'm going to persevere. This is what it is. These are the cards that I've been dealt right now. And so I'm not going to fold any card players. I'm not going to fold. I'm going to play my hand. I'm going to play my hand. But why would, I, why would I do that? Because it's the hand that the Lord has given you. If you can't fly, run. And if you can't run, walk. And if you can't walk, crawl. But whatever you do, keep moving forward. There's a lot of examples of perseverance in the Bible. All kinds of people, all types of illustrations. One I want to take just a minute and, and remind you of is the story, is the, is the actual account of uh, the walls of Jericho and Joshua. Great story of perseverance. Jericho is the oldest continually inhabited city in existence, nearly 7,000 years. That's an artist's rendition. We didn't have photography 7,000 years ago, but that's an artist's rendition of what the walls of Jericho looked like. Now, in 1950, two years after Israel became a nation in 1948, all kinds of excavation began in Israel, and there was a woman from England by the name of Catherine Kenyon who did the archaeological dig on uh, Jericho. I have been there. And the, the walls of the city at the top are 12 to 18 feet wide. Now, this platform is 12 feet wide. So it's a minimum of this width. That's how thick those walls are. They say so thick that you could ride, you could drive a chariot on top of the walls. And the walls were so tall, they were 30 feet high. So imagine something the height of this room 30 feet and that wide. That's how fortified the city of Jericho was. It would take just a bit of perseverance to breach that city. 
And so in Joshua chapter 6, now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites, and no one went out, and no one came in. And the Lord said to Yeshua, see, I have declared Jericho into your hands. I've delivered it. Here it is. Take it. Well, <laughs> how many promises has God given you? And you go, I don't see that. He says, no, I've given you the city. The city's yours. But there it stands, 30 feet high and 18 feet wide, surrounded, fortified. It looks impossible. It's going to take perseverance. God has given you promise after promise after promise. And because you don't see it, you give up even before you make excuses for your quitting because you say it hasn't manifest. Joshua could say, what do you mean? What do you mean? It's mine. I don't see it. Look at the size of those walls. The promise that God has given you is the size of a Jericho wall. See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. So what I'd like you to do is march around the city once with all the men. Do this for six days. Why, wh I only want to do it three. Tough. <laughs> this is, listen. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever negotiated, but if you try negotiating with God, you will lose every time. <laughs> I don't want to do it six times. I only want to do it five times. I only do it three times. In fact, I don't want to do it at all. I'm just going to name it and claim it. Walls fall down. New job, more money. New job, more money. I'm just going to name it and claim it. No, there might be something you need to do. See, you don't want to hear me preach today. There might be something you need to do for a period of time that prepares you for those walls to come down. I haven't even started preaching yet. This is just introduction, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so you just better hang on. So I've, I've delivered Jericho. March around it for six. In verse four, uh, then have seven priests carry the trumpets and the ram's horn of the ark. A lot of praise and worship goes in your perseverance. On the seventh day, then march around the city seven times. Seven. I don't want to march around the city seven times. We've been doing it once a day for the last six days. Now I got to do it seven times. Yes. Do it with the priest blowing the trumpets. And then you hear the sound of the long blast and the trumpets have all the people shout and the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up and every man straight in. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said, all right, this is what I want you to do. Get the ark ready, go do the trumpets, all that kind of stuff. And then he's going to say advance, march around the city. Verse eight, when Joshua had spoken to the people and the priest carrying the, all the trumpets, start blowing their, their shofars. Then verse nine, the armed guard marched ahead of the priest and they blew their trumpets. Here it is, verse 10. But Joshua had commanded the people People, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. You're talking about perseverance, following directions, letting the Lord lead you, having him tell you what you need to do when you need to do it. And the only way you get that is by having communion with him, having conversation with him. What's the next thing I need to do? And so when the ark of the Lord was carried into the city, verse 11, circling it once, then the people returned to the camp. They spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning. They did it again, verse 14. So on the second day, they marched around again, did it for six days, verse 15. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak. Underline daybreak. Because, gosh, I'd like to start it at noon. <laughs> I'd like to start my perseverance at noon when it's more convenient for me to be perseverance. I'm just telling it like I feel it. 
So they marched around seven times in the same manner, except on that day, they circled it seven times. And on the seventh time around, the priest shouted in the trumpet blast, and Joshua then commanded the people to shout, for the Lord had given them the city. Down to verse 20. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted, and the sound of the trumpet, and the people gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed. And I have a photograph of the walls of Jericho as they stand today. I don't know if you can see those little people up on top of that hill. That, those are the walls, those are the actual physical walls of Jericho. And they're not there anymore. They've collapsed. When you are in an uphill journey, which is anyone who's a Christian, when you're in an uphill journey, your focus can't be on the wall. It can't be on the pebble in your shoe. It can't be on the wall. Your focus has to be on your walk. So you face your walls with faith. You let the Lord tear down your walls. And don't fret and fight, but have faith. The journey takes perseverance. Randy Push, you may not know who this guy is, but he was a uh, uh, Carnegie Mellon University professor uh, back in the early 2000s, and he uh, was famous for his lectures. That's a book that was written by him on the topic of his last lecture, and it's called The Last Lecture because he had just discovered that he had terminal pancreatic cancer. And being an, he was, it was ABC's news person, uh, person of the year back in 2007, very famous person, a great lecturer. And so he titled his last lecture, The Last Lecture. You've read that book? You're telling me you've read that book. That's great. Okay. Well, he had pancreatic cancer and he wrote this, he wrote this book and he has a quote in it that I think is apropos for us this morning. He said that. The brick walls are there for a reason. The brick walls are not there to keep us out. The brick walls are there to give us a chance to show how badly we want something. Said a dying man. Because the brick walls are there to stop the people who don't want it badly enough. But they're there to stop the other people, not you. Uh, we've got an epidemic in America, in the world today, but primarily in America, I see, we just, we just quit too easily. We quit too easily. When it, when it gets tough, we just quit. We quit our marriage. We quit our career. We quit school. We quit the church. Some quit their walk with Jesus. They quit their personal goals. I've seen parents who quit parenting we're raising a generation of kids, many who are just frail and habitual quitters, and they just simply quit trying, trying to solve the problems. But Joshua persevered. Joshua didn't give up. Joshua was a pioneer. And let me tell you something. If you profess to be a Christian, you had better have a pioneer spirit. There's only two types of people in the world, pioneers and settlers. That's it. The world is divided into two categories of people, pioneers and settlers. And if you're a Christian, you may not realize this, but you've automatically signed up. You've automatically got in line to be a pioneer, not a settler. Saying, I, I, I want to see the new thing. I want to hear the new thing. I want to know what God's up to. I'm ready to press on. I want to I see what's, what he's up to. And it's not what he did 10 years ago, and it's not what he did 20 years ago. I'm just telling you that. 
I had a conversation with a, with a senior seasoned saint this past week, and we were reminiscing about the good old days, but we both decided we didn't want to stand in the way of whatever God was doing today, right? That's got to be our rationale because we're pioneers. And, and if you were a pioneer and quit, you know where you ended up? Kansas. You, you ended up at the foothills of, of uh, the Rocky Mountains, right? You got there and you, you left Illinois. I'm a pioneer. You got, all the way to, you got all the way across the plains. Congratulations. But then you hit the Rocky Mountains. You go, oh my, I guess I'm going to be a settler. Why? Because you got to go uphill. So you got to be a Christian. You got to say, you know what? Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no. You got to say, I'm going over. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go around. But this is not going to be the end of me. I am going to have an upward journey my entire life. And if this is what is in front of me, I'm going to climb the mountain. Well, it's not fair because nobody else is climbing a mountain right now. Shut up. Just shut up. Stop looking at everybody else and their life and what they're going through. You don't know the issues that Cheryl and I have. You don't know the issues that David and Tommy Lee have. You don't know the issues that Charlie has or Miles has or anybody else in the room. So why are you even trying to compare yourself to somebody else's walk? You got to walk. Walk your walk. It's uphill. Grin and bear it and head, head west. Keep going. Heavenward is uphill. Pioneers got to have perseverance. Joshua understood that. In Joshua chapter one, he said this, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed for the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. I mean, what better traveling companion could you have than that? The Lord's standing right next to you. You're standing in front of your mountain, your new job, your new kid, your third child. You're standing right in front of this next obstacle, this next thing. That's saying, man, am I ever going to have an opportunity to take a breath? Yes, you'll be able to breathe wonderfully when you get to heaven. In the meantime, suck it up, buttercup. I, 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 you, don't get to, you don't hear that enough. Oh, it's okay. It's all right. Take the easy way out. Nah, you know, take the soft. Take the soft way. Mm. Listen, I'm not asking you to intentionally take the hard road. There are those that want to go live in a monastery and wear burlap their entire life and eat bugs. Good for them. That's great. I'm not after that. I'm not after that. But I'll take whatever mountain God puts in my way and I'm saying, listen, this is the next thing we need to climb. That's the attitude you got to get. I want some fight in you. We sang some fight songs, some church fight songs this morning. Hebrews 12, Joshua's, Joshua, Yeshua, Joshua is part of the great cloud of witnesses. And all these pioneers who blazed the way, they're cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Study how he did it. How do you do it? Perseverance. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, the cross, the shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. So there's Joshua. 
He's on the edge. He's in this great cloud of witnesses. And, and I had an open vision one time, and, I'll, uh, and I, saw, I saw some really amazing things about this cloud of witnesses. It, uh, quickly, it, uh, much, like, uh, much like you're standing at the bottom of a very deep swimming pool, and you look up, and there's, there's a ring. Not, you don't see their faces. You see all their legs hanging over the side of the pool. They can look down and they can see you. You can't see them. And they're there cheering you on. And Joshua's part of this crowd. Joshua's looking at you. And, and you have a little boo-boo. You have a little owie. And things aren't going so good for you. And Josh goes, what? What are you talking about? We took down an entire city with praise and worship. And you can't even have a little praise and worship in your car on the way to work. Well, my work's a hellhole. It's terrible. Satan. Satan's my boss. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Right, right. No, 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 what you should. Listen, that's the mountain you have. That's the mountain in front of you. What are you going to do about it? Cry over it? Or are you going to get your fight on about it? And start praying in the Holy Ghost and listen to praise and worship music on the way to work. So when you walk in the door, all darkness is dispelled because the light of the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Spirit that's alive within you. You can be a defeatist all you want. The world wants you to be defeated. You say, no, 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 I'm, an arm. I'm part of the army. You know what I do? I cut off the giant's head. I eat that stuff for snacks. Appetizers, Aaron, appetizers. That's the level of determination you have to have, or you will not make it in a world where boys can say they're girls, in a crazy, demonic world. So it's uphill. Jesus walked up to Jerusalem. I don't know if you've ever seen that in the scripture. He walked up to Jerusalem, and then once in Jerusalem, he walked up Golgotha's hill. Do you think, could he not have complained, dear Lord, I'm carrying this cross, my back is laid open, can I at least walk downhill to Golgotha? Can't Calvary's hill be down? Can it be Calvary's valley? Do you hear what I'm saying? When you're carrying the cross, that's not enough. Sometimes you have to carry the cross uphill. Both ways. I'm just trying to prepare you, ladies and gentlemen, for the battle. Any general that stands before his troops and tells them it's all going to be gravy and simple and easy is preparing them for failure. I want to tell you, it's going to be uphill carrying a cross and you might be bloody doing it. It's upward. Heaven is upward. And I'll tell you, 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 you do it for more than yourself. Your example of perseverance impacts others. It impacts Number one, it impacts your spouse, it impacts your children, right. and your grandchildren, and your nieces, and nephews, and uncles, and whatever. If you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for them. Have I had crappy days? Yeah. Have I had terrible days? Yeah. Have I had times when I'd like to say something bad about the church, or God's not treating me right? Never in front of my children, never in front of my grandchildren. I'll only complain to God. I don't know if I've ever really complained to my wife about those types of things because I'm a warrior. That's why. Warriors don't sit around and wipe their tears. You know, woo, woo, woo. no, you, you decide, listen, this is, this is what I signed up for. I signed up for warriorship. I signed up for a battle. It's uphill and we're going to do it. And I'm going to get tired? Yes. Am I going to get beat? Yes. Will I be bloodied? Probably. But I'm not going to give up. How could I give up? I, ha I serve a Lord who didn't give up. He walked up Golgotha's hill with his back shred, bleeding. So I'm not going to give up. 
You, that's the level of tenacity and perseverance that Miles is praying about this morning. Your breakthrough's never just about you. Joshua knew that. Joshua was a leader. Joshua, did Joshua go back to his tent and have conversations with God? Probably. Lord, are you sure? Sister, yes, son. Do it. Six days, then the seventh day, then the priest, then the, then the praise and worship, march around, okay, then tomorrow, seven, seven times, yes, but when he goes out, listen, this is what we're doing, family, we're going to serve God, we're going to church today, I know it's a little rainy, but we're going to go to church anyway, I know it's a little cold, we're going to go to church anyway, you know what, the pastor turned the air conditioner off during his sermon, we're going to go there anyway, we're going to go there anyway, we were... We were, we were back there at the worship team before service and we were talking about, what were we talking about? We were talking about, oh, air conditioning. That's what we were talking about. We were talking about air conditioning. And I thought to myself, what, what, what a first world problem. What a first world problem. You know, there are people right now sweating in the middle of Africa right now wishing they had an air conditioner. We got we to toughen up a little bit. So that's all by way of introduction. I have this morning's text for you. Your text is found in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for in proper time we will reap a harvest. Period. No, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, if we faint not. Joshua was not a quitter. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Job, Moses, Abraham, Sarah, Ruth, Naomi, the woman with the issue of blood. I could have preached any of them because none of them were quitters. The friends of the paralytic who ripped open a roof. Well, you know, we, we tried to get you in, but it's really crowded, so you're going to be paralyzed the rest of your life. No, his friends had perseverance. Paul's a great example, quickly. You know, he went from killing Christians to being one in one fell swoop. And then, you know what? If he would have continued killing Christians, he would never have been persecuted like he was. The reason, listen to me now, the reason he became persecuted was because he was a Christian. This is why the enemy is more than happy to give you lots of excuses to stop being a Christian, to tone it down. If you just tone it down a little bit, then you wouldn't have all the hills and the mountains to climb. And so retract, recoil, don't persevere, don't take the mountain, settle. Be a settler. Build a log cabin for you and yours. Close yourself off from the church. No more advancing for you. You know, you've been serving God for 20 years. That's a long enough to advance. So you, you're, you're entitled to rest now. Hogwash is about the politest thing I could say about that. No, he became a Christian. And when he became a, a Christian, attempted assassinations followed. He, he recounts it himself in 2 Corinthians 11, if you want to check it out. Imprisoned, flogged, exposed to death again and again, received 39 lashes five times, beaten with rods three times, stoned, left for dead, Acts 14, 19, and, and nearly died in three different shipwrecks. That sounds like an uphill life to me. I mean, he would have had an easy street if he just would have remained a Christian hater. 
or even just decided not to be uh, a Christian, but just going to live as normal, I'm going to live a normal life. Listen, you need to give up whatever you're, whatever you see in your mind when you someone says, oh, just live a normal life. I don't want to be normal. I'm abnormal. I'm a stranger. I'm actually, believe it or not, anyone that loves Jesus is an alien. Are there aliens invading the world? Yes, they're Christians. Do I believe in aliens? Yes, I do. Paul leaves an example. He leaves a legacy. And that's what you need to leave for your kids. That's what you need to live for your family is a legacy. And dad was persistent. He was a persistent Christian. Persevered. Jesus wasn't a quitter. Miles, come up here real quick. I didn't, I didn't ask you to do this before. So hopefully you can do it. I used to... Uh, I used to... Uh, I didn't do karate. I did brilliant. I did, I did. You did jujitsu. I did taekwondo. I did the sissy sport. You did the real thing. So right. So so a rear naked choke. If you put it in, oh, if he was going to do a rear naked choke, do a rear naked choke on me. Oh my god. Do it again. Okay. Do you notice that? He stopped when I tapped. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't tap? Thanks, man. Jesus didn't tap. I said Jesus didn't tap. The devil wants you to tap out. Just coast. I'll tell you one thing about coasting. You can't coast very long uphill. If you're coasting for more than a couple weeks, I'll guarantee you, you're going downhill. And you're tapped. You tapped. You didn't tell your wife. You didn't tell your kids. You didn't tell your husband. You didn't tell your, you didn't tell your pastor. You didn't tell your connect group leader. But you tapped. You said, listen, no more pressure. I'm tapping. Stop the pressure. And the enemy, you know what he does when you tap? He releases the pressure. Gotcha. You just quit. And he can move on. I'd ra- you know what happens if you don't tap? You pass out. Right? Or you die. <laughs> Pass out, it's not to death, but if you do die, you're going to be in heaven anyway. Yeah. Don't tap. You ever heard the phrase, I will die trying? I will die persevering. This is what you have to have. I'm just trying to get some fight in you today. Does anybody have any warrior fight with a little bit stirring up inside of you? Good. It's hard. I'm not saying it's not hard. But if you want to have a victory, it starts with a change of attitude. And it starts with being thankful for your challenge. I would not be the person I am today if I would not have climbed those mountains. I would not be the person I am today if I would have tapped in Bible school. If I would have tapped when it got hard, if I would have tapped when, when things weren't going my way, I'd just tap. I'm going to sit down. I'm just going to sit down for just, just a couple months. Oh, pastor, you know, we're just going to take a little break. Can't tell you how many times I've heard that over the years. We're just going to take a little break. Well, you tapped. I'm not looking at anybody in particular, but you tapped. I'm saying you can get back in the fight. Write this down. 
Difficult roads lead to beautiful destinations. When my daughter went to school in Northern California by the Oregon uh, in a town called Redding, uh, the Sacramento River runs there, and um, my wife made the mistake of telling my daughter that when she went to school that we'd get her whatever car she wanted, so my daughter decided she wanted a Land Rover. So as long as I was paying for the gas and paying for the car, you know, I'm just thankful she didn't say Lamborghini. But she said she wanted a Land Rover. I said, okay, we got a Land Rover, and uh, she drove that thing we drove, I drove with her over the Rockies multiple times. And one time we got a little froggy. We said, listen, there's some, there's some trails. There's some trails out there. Let's, let's go four-wheeling. I mean, let's see what this thing can do, right? So we, myself and Hannah, Hannah's roommate, her name was Tessa. And of course, Hannah's six foot tall. Tessa's about four foot nothing. And, <laughs> and I believe my, my cousin was with us, Scott Gapin with us, was with us. And we took off on this, you know, where there's a big black diamond warning sign. You know, my throat is still a little sensitive from where you, where you, where you cranked down on me, man. <clears throat> so, ugh. So off we go, off we go, off we go. And about halfway through, we didn't know if we were going to make it. And I was like, no, we're not turning around. I said, we're not turning this thing around. We've come this far. We're not turning around. Let's press on, press on, press on, press on. This little, uh, uh, like, uh, Yogi Bear forest ranger comes up on us in his little side-by-side razor, his little side-by-side razor. He goes, what are you doing out here? I said, well, we're doing this trail. We're doing this trail. He goes, you don't have the kind of vehicle you need to be in to go through this trail. I said, well, we've kind of gone this far. We're going to go the rest of the way. He goes, well, I don't know if you're going to make it or not. This is, this is the professional. I said, well, we're almost there. We're three quarters of the way there. We're going to make it. He goes, well, you got to go down, and there's a river, da-da-da-da-da, and then you get to the top. I have a picture of what the top of that mountain looks like. There they are. We made it. That's my daughter, and that's Tessa. That's the Sacramento River. And I'm sure other people had gotten there. I'm sure other people got, but we felt like pioneers, man. (laughs) We were like, we made it. No other human being has ever stepped foot on this square foot of land. That's what we felt like. We conquered the hill. But the difficult roads that you're on, they lead to beautiful destinations too. You may not see it now as you're marching the sixth time around the mountain on the seventh day and it's hot and you can't even say a word about the trouble that you have because the Lord won't allow you to until it's time to shout. The parable of the persistent widow. I'm not here to read it to you, but in Luke chapter 18, when it's all said and done, Jesus told this parable to show to his disciples what they should, that they should always pray and not give up. She kept going back and going back and going back and going back and going back. I need justice. 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 Like a three-year-old. You ever, you ever had a three-year-old? I want candy, I want candy, I want candy. Okay, here's some candy. Shut up, take some candy. <laughs> but then at the end, Jesus says, he's concerned, he's concerned. And Jesus says this at the end of the parable. He says, will I, ever, will I find that kind of faith when I return? And he's saying, will I find persevering people when I return? Because if you don't have perseverance and you like to quit and it's become a habit for you, I know lots of people who are, listen to the phrase, long on start, short on finish. You know any of these people? Oh yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that, and three weeks later, they ain't doing it. 
Jesus said, I would rather have you say you're not doing it and end up doing it than to tell me you're going to do it and then don't do it. So persevere. Persevere. Be relentless in your perseverance because difficult roads lead to beautiful destinations. The founder of the Salvation Army, you may know his name is William Booth, he said, work as if everything depends on your work and pray as if everything depended on your prayer. Work as if everything depended on your work. It's a balance, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Well, we're gonna pray, we're gonna get on our knees, we're gonna fast, and we're gonna pray. Right? But if you don't get up and work, what happens? Nothing happens. Work like your work depends on it. Pray like your prayer depends on it. I know you get tired. I get tired. And yes, there are seasons of rest where you sit down and take a deep breath. Joshua went back to his tent and he took a nap. But when it was time to work, he worked. It's time to march. Let's march. A while back, I saw a, a, a Navy SEAL talking about his... Uh, I don't know what they call that, indoctrinational period or whatever, um, where they try to break you, right? It's just horrible. What's it called? BUDS, B-U-D-S. That's an acronym, obviously, for something. Maybe we can't say what those... Uh, basic Underwater Demolition School. Okay, there you go. Thank you, Shad. And you are never as tired, he said, you are never as tired as you think you are. Two things, he said. In sniper school, they, they, they chew all kinds of stuff. They put you in a tub of ice water. And then they put like live bugs in there. And you're supposed to control your heart rate and keep a bead on whatever it is you're supposed to shoot. All kinds of distracting. And you just have to remind yourself, I'm just uncomfortable. I'm just uncomfortable. I'm not going to die here. I'm just uncomfortable. You may be in a very uncomfortable situation right now. It's not into death. It's just uncomfortable. Your difficult path will lead to something beautiful if you faint not. And the second thing was, he says, you're never as tired as you think you are. The commander says, drop, drop and give me 50. Boom, 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 boom. I don't know if I could do 50. I don't think I could ever do 50 push-ups. But, but boom, boom, boom. I like to think I did. Back in the day, I did 50. And, and so I was, you know, and then, and, then, and then you go, oh, boom. What? You just kind of, boom, you land on your chest and you look up. And, oh, I'm done. I can't do another. He says, no, squeeze out three more. And every one of them could do three more, even after they said they couldn't do any more. Why is that? Because you're stronger than you think you are. There's more determination in you than you give yourself credit for. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. You got three more push-ups in you. I know you do. It's hard. You're going to get tired, but keep on going. Every meaningful victory in your life, think of those. Every meaningful victory in your life is, a tr is somewhere in that equation is the word perseverance. Your marriage, your school, your home, your job, your business, whatever success you've had in your life is because you persevered. Because it wasn't handed to you. There's some people get it handed to them. I don't know who they are, but I'd like to meet some of them. I don't know a lot of millionaires, but I know a couple of them, and every one of them had to persevere. Completing school, whatever it is. And when, not if you fail, and not when, but if, not if, but when you fail, because we will all struggle in our uphill journey, you'll stumble, there's rocks, you're going to fall down, your knees are going to get bloody, you're going to get it banged up a little bit, just keep on swinging. 
Every strike, Babe Ruth said, brings me closer to my next home run. Just keep swinging. Jesus said it like this, in this world you're going to have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. I have a question, severe question, a severe question. What have you quit because it got too hard? You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to be honest, you're gonna have to soul search. What did you quit because it got too hard? Well, nothing, I've done everything I set my mind to do. Liar, 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 liar. You know where liars go when they die? Iowa. That's the Minnesota in me. Minnesota hates Iowa. So that was a running, running joke in Bible school. You're a liar. There's something you quit that you, knew you, should, you, that you know you shouldn't have quit. If at all possible, some things, are, some things you just can't go back. What have you contemplated quit? Maybe you're on the edge of something right now and you're going, yeah, I'm just about ready to cash it in on that. I'm, I'm about ready to give up. I know I shouldn't, but you know, it's just too hard. The uphill, the incline is just too much. And as I asked that question of myself as I contemplated preaching this to you this morning, the Lord reminded me of something dramatic. And he told me this, I love quitters. Because he loves everybody. So if you've quit, the best thing the devil can do is beat you up with that. But I'm a preacher of the good news. And that is this. God loves quitters. Like he loves drug addicts. Like he loves everybody that's had all kinds of issues. He loved you. He loved me. And even when I have said, you know what? I don't know. I don't know that, I don't know that the battle is worth it. I just don't know. And I questioned myself. I said, mm, I don't know if, if, if it's if it's, it's going to cost too much, too much time, too much energy, too much blood, too much sweat, too many tears, too many relationships, whatever it is. Is this, is this, I mean, am I just talking to myself or is somebody else listening in? Right, right, right. God says, I still love you. Come on, we can do it. I'll carry you. I'll carry you. Hop on my back. I'll carry you. Just don't tap. Just don't tap. Galatians 6, 9, in due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Ladies and gentlemen, difficult roads lead to beautiful destinations. And heaven is uphill. Stand with me this morning, please. Would you just close your eyes with me for a minute? Not because there's anything special about that, but it does eliminate some distraction for you as you think about the words that you've heard here for the last while. The songs that we've sang, the prayer that Mild prayed, and the words of this message, they're meant to be an encouragement to shed, to shed the I quit mentality and to get your fight back on. Sometimes you just need to be reminded, heaven is an upward journey. It's uphill, both ways, all the time. It's time to get your fight on.
We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities. You're part of the army of God, dressed for battle. Sword of the Spirit, the helmet of salvation. Stop seeing yourself cowering in a corner, beaten and defeated. Well, I don't have much. Little David just had a sling and a few stones. He didn't need the king's armor. And he went after his giant, cut off his head. This thing that you're involved in, this thing that's hard, this thing that's difficult, don't tap. Keep going. God's got you. He's with you. He said, I'll never, ever leave you. I'll never forsake you. Tell you, if you tap, if you tap the pressure, boom, will immediately come off. The enemy is one. He's, he, he, you're defeated. You must become accustomed to the pressure and the stress and the anxiety and all the things that come occasionally with an up, uphill journey. I'm not telling you it's easy. I'm telling you you're in a battle. But it's not unto death. Ah, the chokehold is too strong. Just go ahead and tap. No, don't tap. Do not tap. Do not give up. For in due season, in due season, the fourth time around, the fifth time around, the sixth time around, I don't know when for you. I don't know when for you. But I do know this. He has promised you victory if you do not give up. So it's time. It's time to get your fight back on. Some of you here this morning, you're not serving God. You're, you're getting beat up by traffic going both directions because you don't know which way to go. God's saying, come with me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll go, I'll go with you. I'll give you rest. There'll be peace with me. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, there's no fear for you because I'm with you. My rod, my staff, they'll comfort you. I'll prepare a table for you, a feast in the presence of your enemies. Just don't tap. Just don't tap. Just don't tap. Don't give up. So if you're ready to serve him and have him help you, have your sins, though they be as scarlet, be washed white as snow, that's called giving your life to Jesus and saying, I will love him the best I know how. I accept his forgiveness and I'm going to become a Christian. I'm going to begin my uphill journey my heavenward journey. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand with me. Here we are, Lord. Here we are. Give us the right shoes, the shoes of peace. Give us plenty of living water to drink. Help us keep our eyes on the prize and carry our cross up that hill like you did. I will always love you. Tell him, I'll always love you. I'll always serve you. I'll always honor you. Thank you for your forgiveness and your peace. For those who have quit or on the cusp of quitting and, and saying, you know what? It's time, it's time to, to get my fight back on about that thing. If there's something in your life that you're ready to get re-engaged in, you raise your hand with me because there's some things in my life I'm ready to re-engage in. Maybe not everybody will like it. Maybe your family won't like it. Maybe your friends won't like it. But you know you're serving God when you do. So you go, okay, I'm going to honor you, Jesus. Here we are, Lord. 
We're getting our fight back on this morning. Give us wisdom and strength. And now, as you make a commitment to re-engage, may the power of the Holy Spirit help you. Stop trying to do it in your own strength. Stop trying to do it in your own strength and trust me, says the Lord. And may his peace be upon you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.